Blog Talk Radio. Blessings, blessings to you, and a gracious good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be right now where you hear the sound of my voice. Welcome to the It's Real Radio talk show. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and as always, it is indeed a pleasure and an honor to meet you here today. I'm excited. It is a beautiful day outside. We've had enough storms going on in this country for the last few weeks, and today is a beautiful day, and I am very, very happy about that, praying that um, all of the survivors of the storms over the past few weeks are recovering and receiving the aid, the help, and the strength that they need to um, get their lives back on track after everything that has gone on. We do not cease in praying for them, the victors of Hurricane Harvey down in South Texas, um, and the victims of Hurricane Irma out in the Caribbean and in Florida. We do recognize and realize that, that some people are starting all over again from scratch. So we don't ever want to um, overlook that. There are so many that are rejoicing and thanking and praising God because um, they they were able to skate, um, not skate, but escape the devastations that could have occurred because of the storms. And, um, and we rejoice with you. We definitely, please hear me, we rejoice with you. We are so thankful that the prayers of the righteous have availed much, but we never want to forget the fact that there are some, those that did suffer devastation, did suffer total loss of their homes and their belongings and what have you, and they need our help. They need our assistance. So we want to put out a clarion call to the body of Christ and even those that are not members of the body of Christ, um, just people, just just help. This is a time where neighbors need to band together and help one another. So we, um, we just want to stand and, and say that and acknowledge that. Well, as I said at the top of the show, greetings, greetings, greetings. My love goes out to all of you here in the Americas and in the the rest of the world. One thing about being on radio, um, especially internet radio, and we are um, we're on many different 
um, platforms. We thank God for that. We have um, a couple of syndicated um, platforms that rebroadcast our show. We um, start the show off here on Blog Talk, and um, and we're able to reach the masses in that way as well. And we post the links all over the internet. And so we we just want to take a moment and say thank you, thank you to our many listeners, thank you for being a part of the broadcast, thank you for. Um, Lending your ears, and we pray that 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 we share with you is a blessing unto you. That is our our focus and our desire is to encourage. I um I've shared this before. I believe that my calling in the body of Christ is that of a prophetic encourager, and that is to encourage those around me to be all that you can be in the Lord, to fulfill your God ordained purpose and destiny to live life on purpose and in purpose, on purpose because you are strategic in what you do, that you will fulfill the purpose and mandate of God that is on your life. And that is um, that is my mission. <laughs> that is my mission. I have so chose to accept, um, accept the call. Remember the show Mission Impossible, here's your mission should you choose to accept um, one of my favorite shows. But anyway, I choose to accept that mission. I choose to accept, I believe, what is my God-ordained um, destiny and reason for creation. And um, so often I, I hear all the time people saying, you know, they don't know why they're here, they don't know what their purpose is or what have you, but I'm here to tell you that you serve an all-knowing, almighty, all-powerful God who did not bless you to be a part of this earth realm for such a time as this just to be in existence. He had purpose and destiny when he created you. He had purpose and destiny before the foundation of the earth was created for what you would um, accomplish here on, in the earth realm. And it, it is important that we tap into those things, those those. Um, pieces of knowledge in our lives help us. They help us to form that that we're called to do. It helps us to move forward and um, and and change the lives of others. Seriously, we there is not one single one of us that was created to be an island. Just created just to exist. Created just to um, live in the moment for ourselves. Not one of us out of the billions and billions of people that have walked this planet, not one was created just for themselves. We were created to make a difference. We were created to be a catalyst for change in the lives of others. Your call may not be the same as my call. I believe that God has given me a, a gift as an orator to speak and to talk, and God knows I can talk. <laughs> but I don't... Um, I don't take it lightly. We have to sometimes stop and look at the various different gifts and, and talents that God has given us. Some people make the world a better place with art forms in music. I, I can sit up and listen to a melody for hours of a, a trumpet or a saxophone or a pianist or um an organist or what have you. Those are, are different methods and things that can, you know, transcend my atmosphere to give me um, a better place of being. 
Some people are here to make beautiful paintings and um, create the world on canvas, and they're gifted in that respect. And there, are, you can see a beautiful painting, and you can literally just sit there and allow it to transition your mindset to a better place, to a more peaceful place, to give you a calmness, a peace of mind. Um, there, there are many different gifts. There are many, many different gifts. Everybody's gift and talent is not behind a pulpit. Everybody's gift and talent is not the broadcast airwaves. You know, there are many different platforms that God can use you in. Some of the people's gifts and talents lie in their ability to use their hands. Some of the most gifted people I know are in the beauty shops and in the barber shops and um, are carpenters, beautiful works of arts. They're sculptors. They do things with their hands. But my point to all of this is wherever you are in whatever talents and giftings that God has given you, use that for the benefit of those around you. Use that to make a difference in the lives of those in whom you come in contact with. It is not just about you and your foreign no more. It's not just about you and your children. It's not just about you and your spouse, but it is about the people's lives that you have the ability to touch on a daily basis. And I did not plan to go in this route um, today, but I just really feel in my spirit that some of you need encouragement to understand that. You know, we shrink back because of the different um, trials and tribulations and testings and life that we go through. So often we will retreat. We will retreat within ourselves and we will shut out the world and we will live in that place. And sometimes that pain is so deep within us that that pain of of the hurt and the loss that we feel or the pain of the rejection that we have experienced, whatever it is that you may be walking through right now, I really want to encourage you to come up out of that place of retreat and and get back into the flow of what God has called you to. Our, our subject today, our show today, is dealing with the healing process. Um, as I said, there are so many around us that have lost everything. There are so many around us, and, and I've even in my own personal life and in my own dear family, you know, that have suffered the loss of loved ones um, recently. And uh, and everybody is walking through something. Everybody has some issue that they have either they're walking through right now or they're trying to recover from it or they don't know how to get up out of it. And God just really placed it in my heart to just deal with the healing process today. Um, For me, God uses very practical things to teach me very poignant lessons. And, and to give me clarity in situations. Um, and so I want to I share one of the practical things that he gave me just recently within the past couple of weeks, and it deals with the process of healing. I had gone, um, it's been over a month now, had went and I had a biopsy done um, on a piece of skin 
on on my leg because I have some issues with my skin, which I've dealt with for many, many years, and it comes and it goes. Um, But when I had my physical earlier this year, my primary care decided she really wanted to know what it was. I'm like, okay, you know, it is what it is. I'd like to know what it is too, but I've been dealing with it for over 15 years, and it hasn't taken me out, and I've declared the healing of God over it. But at any rate, um, so I, I, I conformed and finally got into one of the leading specialists to check out uh, what was going on with my skin. So um, they did a biopsy of the tissue. Now, hear me, this was August, August 11th, okay, so it was definitely over a month ago. And the healing process is still continuing, okay? Um, I'm like, really, I'm looking at it right now going, God, will this ever get better? (laughs) But it's been a long process. But I was looking at it one day, and I've kept working on it and and what have you, and and God just began to show show me something in the midst of it. When they did the biopsy, uh, they did not allow me to see them removing the skin. Um, they cooked, they they um, shot up the area around where they were going to remove the skin. Um, needless to say, I was laying back, and so I was not privy to see exactly what was happening. I felt the prick of the needle several times um, when the, the doctor came in to actually remove the skin. You know, she stood between me and, and what she was about to do so that I really couldn't see it. Um, and she did her thing. Um, I remember feeling a little pressure down at the bottom, and, and I winced when I felt it, and she said, you felt that? And I was like, yes. And um, she looked at me very strange, and the reason she did was because the whole area was supposed to be numb. It, they shot it up, and, and please hear me. I'm going to walk you through this process because I want you to see how God gave me, how it relates to our healing process, be it emotional healing, physical healing, healing of relationships, um, healing of the mind, whatever. He just gave me this really crystal clear analogy of how this healing process works and not only how it works within you, but how it affects those around you. So, so bear with me as I walk you through this process. I have, I have a purpose in mind, okay? So anyway, um, I winced, and, and she was surprised because I wasn't supposed to feel it at all. Well, you know, it wasn't like excruciating pain or whatever. I just I felt some pressure down at the bottom. And she said, well, did you just kind of feel pressure or whatever? I said, well, it kind of pricked me, you know, but I'm okay. And she just looked and she was like, okay. So then um, her assistant comes in and does whatever she's going to do. Obviously, I couldn't feel what she was doing and she was applying ointment. I knew what she was doing, but I couldn't feel it. She was applying ointment and she bandaged the, the place up. So I, uh, I left, you know, went about the, the day. Um, and for a few hours, didn't feel a thing. It was like nothing had ever happened. Probably about four or five hours later, all of a sudden, I started feeling pain in that area. And as the time progressed, so did the pain. And I remember saying to my daughter and to my husband, I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what they did to my leg, but this thing is hurting. 
and I was told by the the assistant not to to get it wet, not to unbandage it for at least a day, for 24 hours. And I'm like, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, what did they really do? What did they really do? Because by now, like I said, the pain is really getting more and more intense, and I'm like, uh, I'm thinking that, you know, they just kind of scraped over maybe just a little top um, layer or something of the skin um, just to get that little area that um, seemed to be having the issue at that time. Well, I couldn't wait till the next day. And, and I, I, I literally, and I, I'm pretty good with pain. I really am. I, I've had two children, natural childbirth, didn't take nothing, epidural or anything. I can handle some pain. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm in tears. But nevertheless, it hurt, <laughs> and I could feel it. So I couldn't wait until the next day so that I could unwrap this thing and see what did they really do? Why is this hurting the way it did? Now, understand, I want to equate this now with some of the things that we go through, okay? There are times in our lives where we'll go through a situation, and at that moment, we are numb. We're numb to it. It is like something has hit you out of a blue, kind of took the wind out of your sails, and you don't even know how to react to it. It has just been like, okay, what just happened? It happens that way um, in relationships especially. Possibly someone is unfaithful in a marriage or someone passes away within your close family unit. Um, Things just happen that you, you cannot put any rhyme or reason to it. But when it happens, the blow is such that you are numb. Sometimes it's something that happens that you were expecting. And so because you were expecting it, you've tried to prepare yourself. I, I remember many, many years ago when I lost my mother, my mother had been ill for quite a few years, and I had been her caregiver for the last four years of her life. And so I watched her deteriorate. I knew that the inevitable was going to happen. I thought with inside myself I was prepared for it. However, when it happened, I don't believe there was anything that could have ever prepared me for that sense of loss, that, that sense of emptiness that was in my heart that I felt right then. So, and, and because of that, there was this numbness. And, and I personally, I walked in that numbness for about six months. It took six months for the realization to just really hit me. And when it hit me, it hit me all at once. I, I will never forget, it was six months after she passed. And I'm cleaning the house, just something random. I'm cleaning the house. I'm vacuuming the living room, and my mother passed away at home in the living room in her favorite chair, and I thought she was asleep. She just looked so peaceful, so I tiptoed around her for a couple of hours because I didn't want to wake her based on the fact I had never seen her look so peaceful before. Anyway, um, so fast forward six months, I'm cleaning the house, I'm vacuuming the floor, and as I'm vacuuming, I turned and I looked at her chair, and out of the blue, now hear me, because I've seen this chair every day for six months. 
and nothing happened. And all was still. I'm still walking in my place of numbness, kind of like my leg was. They had shot it up. You know, when my mother died, I think I shot myself up with the the quote-unquote conversation of you've got to be strong, you've got to, you know what I'm saying, you got too much to do, you got to get a handle on everything. And so, you know, you shut down your grief mechanism, you shut down that pain place um, because you've got to be strong and you've got to walk through this. And I think so many of you that are listening to me may be at that place where, you know, something devastating, something tragic has happened, but because you don't quite know how to deal with it, you shut it down so that you don't have to deal with the pain portion of it. You're just walking numb. You're numb. It's like you just don't feel it. Like my leg, it was numb. All of a sudden, this particular day, literally six months later, I'm vacuuming. I turn and I look at her chair and I broke. Out of the blue, no warning, no nothing that would have triggered it, nothing. I just, I turned and I looked at the chair and it like just hit me all at once, the emptiness of that chair, that that chair was sitting there totally empty where she used to occupy so much of her time. And I just broke and I just wept and wept and wept. Because suddenly I felt the pain. Suddenly everything was real. Now, trust me, it was obviously real for those whole six months, and I knew she was gone, and I knew the sense that, you know, I wish she was there, but to really embrace that pain, I had not done that until that very moment. And I think that there's so many people that are at that place where you've not you've not embraced the pain. You, you've not allowed the pain to come. The pain is part of the healing process. The fact that that pain hit my leg as the numbness wore off told me that the nerve endings hit me. That the nerve endings in that area was still intact. So that pain said, though they cut. My skin, though that they cut part of it off, they did not damage the nerves. They did not damage the nerves. The nerves were still intact. They were functioning like they should. Once that medication wore off, I felt the pain. Now, you have walked through this thing that you've been going through for quite some time. And you've done it in a place of numbness. You're numb because he left you. You're numb because she died. You're numb because that that you put all of your trust in, your 401K, your home, your car, whatever it was, all of those things that you put all your faith, hope, and trust in is now gone. And so that numbness has worn off and that pain has hit you. I'm here to say that pain is part of the healing process. See, that pain says you are yet alive. If you continue to walk in that numbness and continue to be in that shut down place, then the healing cannot begin. 
The healing cannot begin. Now, I don't want you to stay in that place of pain. I don't want you to continue in that place. But I'm here to say the fact that you feel that says that you are yet alive. I had a situation that happened to me when I first got saved, and it was literally the enemy trying to take me out, trying to say, Mm-mm. No, see, I'm not going to let you stay in this little bubble, this place of euphoria that you've come to God, and so now everything is going to be okay. No, let me hit you where it hurts. Let me hit you in your heart so that you will he, – he was trying to get me to do what Job's wife told him to do, so you'll curse God and die. So you would just turn and walk away. Because when we turn and we walk away from God, that is a form of death the form of spiritual death, and that's what the enemy was trying to get me to feel. But when I felt that pain, I I literally, something happened. I had only been saved two months, and this thing happened. And as strong as I thought I was and the person that I thought I was, when that pain and that devastation hit me, I physically, I kid you not, this is not a metaphoric, this is real, I physically felt my heart hurt. Physically. And at that place, that was that place of, you know, where the enemy thought he could turn me, where the enemy figured he would take me off and and take me back into the world that I had just come out of, that God had just pulled me out of. But that physical pain in my heart, what it made me do was start the healing process because it made me cry out to God and say, God, you got to take this away from me. I I can't deal with this. You've got to take this hurt away from me. So it began the healing process that I needed to release all of that other crap that was within me that I had suppressed all those years of my life and not allow the healing to happen. It is important, it is vital that you allow the healing process to take place in your life because if you don't, you will turn around and you will hurt other people. You will hurt those that are around you. You will hurt that you are called, those that you are called to make a difference in their lives because hurting people hurt others. So your pain is there to begin the healing process. God does not intend for that pain to remain. Now, I can't give you a time frame of how long that healing process is going to take because I tell you right now, I still have pains shooting through that area of my leg. It's not as intense as before. But the healing process continues. So your healing process will continue, and you will have pain occasionally, but it will not be as intense as it is right now. I'm here to to encourage you to know that this is the beginning of the process. This is that place where you say, God, I, I can't do this. I need your help. Why is that important? Because if you don't do that, the the circumstances will turn on you and cause you even a deeper despair and depression and bitterness will set up root. See, when I felt that pain and I cried out to God and said, God, you know, you got to take this away from me, my next prayer was, please don't let me become bitter. Why? Because I had walked in bitterness before, for years. And in that bitter place, 
I wouldn't let anything hurt me because I wouldn't let anything get close to me. I wouldn't let anybody in my heart. There was no way that I was going to let you get close enough to me to cause me pain. And so now that the very person that I let get close enough to me to cause me that pain was that very person that I thought I could trust and that would never hurt me, now that pain was more intensified than I had ever experienced before. So now I have this physical heart hurt. But again, it was the beginning of the healing process. So I could say, God, mm -mm, this one I'm giving to you because I can't handle it. I'm not going to try to control it. I don't want to own it. I don't want to take possession of it. I want to release it. This happened on a Thursday, I promise you. On that Saturday following, that very two days later, God removed all that hurt from me, and he did it in a prophetic manner where he had a man of God saying, tell me, God heard your prayer. He heard you. He heard you, and he has answered you, and just like that, he took that hurt away. Now, I can't tell you that your pain will go instantaneously like mine, and I'm not going to try and lie to you and say it will. But I can tell you categorically without any reservation that if you give that pain to God, he will heal it and he will take it away. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. The other part of this is as I looked at my leg and and God was dealing with me with this thing of pain, when I finally could get the bandage off, I saw where the biopsy was down to, if, if you understand, the white meat. It was like they didn't just take off the top layer. That's why the pain was so deep because it was all the way down to the white meat. I mean, they took a chunk out of my leg. I'm going, okay, really? Seriously, was it that serious you had to take that much? That might be a place where you are, where you're saying, God, did you really have to allow this to happen? Not that he did it to you. Did you really have to allow this to happen that deeply? That deeply? But as deep, I promise you, as deep as that pain is, as deep as that wound is, that's how deep your father is willing to go to heal it. So let's fast forward now. The healing process is beginning, and the pain is subsiding, and I'm looking at the, the, the wound area. See, you still, even though you may be in that healing process, there's a wounded area around where that hurt was, around where that devastation happened, and that wounded area is those that are around you. So it is not just about your healing process. It's about the healing process of those that are around you. So as I looked at my leg, all around the area now started to look really ugly. It, it was discolored. Um, it, it, the skin looked like it had been through something traumatic. And it wasn't the, the place of the wound. It was just the surrounding areas. So I'm saying this and I'm sharing this so that you understand, yes, you went through it and yes, you experienced the pain, but those around you, they're affected by it too. Please never forget that. Please recognize that it is not just you. 
See, in that healing process, it's not just you that needs to be healed. It's those that are around you that were affected by what happened to you. We so often think that it is just about us. It was done to me. Nobody else suffered through this. Nobody else has to deal with what I'm going through. That is not true. Everybody in your close sphere of influence, they're walking through it with you. And guess what? They are scarred by what you've gone through as well. And they are part of the healing process. They're scarred. They're disfigured emotionally. They have their own wounds that they're dealing with just because they love you, just because they're affected by what you walk through. Some of them have been affected directly by what it is that you're going through. They are walking through it too. Please don't forget that. Please don't forget that in the midst of your healing process, you are not alone, that others have to be healed as well. There are those that you have lashed out against. There are those that you have maybe even have blamed. There are those that you have pushed away and they are also part of your healing process. So you have to be mindful of everything that's going on around you as well as what's going on within you in the midst of this healing process. So the first place we start is to admit the pain, to recognize the pain is real, not to try to mask it, not to try to hide it, See, I've been walking with a Band-Aid on my leg for over a month because I think this thing is so hideous looking to me because it's on my body. Now, somebody else will probably see it and say, oh, you got a little sore, and they wouldn't even think twice about it. But because it's on me, to me it looks horrible, so I feel I need to cover it up. To you, what you're walking through is so intense and it is so bad that you feel like you need to cover it up. But you know what? As long as I kept it covered all the time for myself, it slowed the healing process down. Now, I kept it covered, and I, I uncovered it daily, cleansed it, put the salve on it, and put a Band-Aid right back over for at least the first two weeks, two and a half weeks. But then after that, I noticed that it just seemed like it was at a standstill because it needed air. It, it, it needed to, to be exposed to the elements so that it could heal itself. I, keeping it covered was important in the beginning because it didn't have the cap capabilities of covering itself, of masking itself, and now we're two or three weeks later, and it has that ability. Now it has the skin, as God has created it, has the ability to now form a covering over the sore, what is called a scab, it was formed a covering over it to protect it. So now I can expose it to the elements without fear. I kept the ointment on. I kept it cleansed. I still put it, I covered it up when I went out because of how I felt about it. But the healing process seemed to speed up once I was able to allow it to breathe, to be exposed. So you have to allow yourself in your time of pain, in your time of suffering, to be exposed, to be exposed to the healing balm of God's love, to be exposed to those that are around you so that they can help the healing process happen. 
You are not meant to carry this alone. You are not meant to bear your burdens all by yourself. God didn't create us like that. The first place, again, you should go is to him. He is that one. He is that healing balm in Gilead. He is that one, that salve. The Holy Spirit is that salve that you can rub all over your heart and begin that healing process. But first you have to acknowledge the pain, and then you have to let him in. You've got to apply him to that place where it hurts. And then you have to recognize that those that are around you have purpose in this process. They're not just there to laugh, to point fingers. Yes, you have your haters. Yes, you have your naysayers. And those are the ones you keep at bay. But there are those that are right there next to you that you're trying to push away, and their job is to walk you through this and help you in the healing process. Now, I know I've been talking a lot, and I've been um, just giving you what God has given me to share, but okay. So I wanna <laughs> I wanna make way for my co-host to be able to also share what's on her heart because she's had her own processes of healing that she has had to walk through, and her own steps and levels in that healing process that she has had to overcome. So I want her to be able to share with you as well. So hey, my darling. My sister, Miss Tanya, how are you? Hey, darling? beautiful, awesome. Thank you. It's always so good hearing your voice. I was just at work, and they—they they, I know what time I normally like to get on the radio. We were just a little bit behind today, but I was listening to you sis, actually no the whole time, and and just just what you were saying, just how powerful that is. I I'm going to tell you something. I never had a problem at when I was younger forgiving people. My biggest problem, and I've shared this so many times, and I don't mean to beat the same horse, is forgiving myself. And and people mm. need to know that that's a that's a process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can never, you know, when I went through relationship woes, and like we all do, and just different things, I would be hurt, but I beat myself up more because I always ask myself, what could I have done different if I would have, should have, could have, would have. So I beat myself mm. more than anything. But something my um, grandmother and something mother, um, both rest their souls in there in heaven looking upon us right now, they taught me something. And one thing one day mother said to me, you just have to tell God, because I, I remember telling her, I'm so hurt, I'm so hurt, I promise you, am I ever going to look up and it's going to be a sunny day again? Am I ever going to look up mm. and this won't hurt anymore? Am I ever going to wake up? And I'm not feeling this anymore. She said, you will. But you have to go to God, Mm. and you have to tell him, this is a cup. This is a bitter cup that you don't want to drink of. So every time, it doesn't matter if I'm at work, if a member offends me or a coworker or whatever. I immediately right then tell the Lord, I need you to take this from me because this is a cup Mm. that I cannot drink of. This is a luxury I cannot afford. My, our mother Atkinson taught us that. See, people don't realize yeah. when you don't, when you're hurt, hurt leads to so many different areas. Hurt leads to hate. Mm-hmm. Hurt leads to all mm-hmm. kinds of other. I tell people mm-hmm. a word the Holy Spirit had given me is a cont- uh, contentious spirit, and that's just no matter what you do, you can't make a person happy or whatever. I want to share with my, because my sister, my god sister went through a lot with me. I was coming out of a really bad relationship after a while. She sent for me. 
She blessed me to come down to Florida to be able to live with her. Elder, the same one is on talking right now. And I'll never forget, I didn't realize, and her daughter is like my lifesaver as well, my cherry one, the whole family, as a matter of fact. But I remember the hurt and the pain, and I thought I was over it. But I didn't realize that I was still going through it. And I remember just barking up, tearing down everybody, maliciously saying things out my mouth, chewing up everybody I can find, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. And let me say something to you that I had to realize. The reason why we hurt those we love, because those are the only ones that care enough to stick around to want us not to hurt anymore. Because people that cause mm-hmm. the hurt, they've gone on with their lives. And you can't get mm-hmm. to them. So we tear up the ones around us that we love. I know because I'm going through it with my 16-year-old right now. But what this has taught me with my 16-year-old, because I didn't understand why this, oh, Lord, you get me what I'm saying? I'm going to be honest with you. I was never yes. a rebellious child with my parents talking out of line of them. I never talked down on them. I never cursed them out. I never tried to fight. None of that. That, was none of, that wasn't me as a child. So how did I wind up with this child that does all that? And and I always ask the Lord now, what do I, what do I learn out of this lesson? What is this all really all about? And you know what so I kept hearing the Lord say 70 times 7, 70 times 7. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. How many times have I forgiven you, Tanya? How many times have I shown you favor? I'm never telling everybody that I never went through anything because I did. I'm never telling you that it don't lead to certain things because it does. But how many times have the Savior forgiven me over and Mm. over and over and over again? See, the reason why the Lord said that when we're Christians, we're supposed to have Christ-like quality. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. Being a Christian, the walk of faith, people think, oh, it's just easy. I'm going to say I'm a Christian. No, it's not. Mm. No, Mm -hmm. it's not when you've got to be tested in the fire. No, it's not when people mm. are cursing you out to your face and you can't, and the Holy Spirit is telling mm-hmm. you you can't say a word. As a matter of fact, I've had that done to me where people have cursed me out to my face, and when I went to go say something back, the Holy Spirit locked my mouth as if I had glue in my mouth. And all I could do was sit mm. there and tears running down my face and pointing because I knew it was nothing but the Holy Spirit shutting my mouth where I could not respond back. Well, let me say this. One hurt doesn't You know, one hurt should not lead to another hurt, just like what you're saying. See, you got to deal with when somebody hurts you, but you don't want to put that, you don't want to throw that hurt out there because I promise you, you're going to have to pay for that. See, I thought when Mm. I was out there before I became in Christ and I did some things because I felt like people hurt me, so I felt like I had the right to hurt other people. But let me say something, and and since you can probably vouch for this, my pastor in Las Vegas, Pastor Deontay Axton, I'll never forget because my sister Elder Colette was there. After we finally got saved, and he said, oh, no, you got to pay for what you did. I was like, what? <laughs> you mean to tell me because I'm saved now? What you mean I got to pay for what I did? Oh, no, you still got to pay for mm. what you did before you got saved. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what mm-hmm. I try to tell my 16-year-old. See, my biggest thing with my 16-year-old is it's your mouth. It's your mouth that gets you in trouble. See, I didn't get that before, and it was my mouth. My mouth, because when I got hurt, I will say some things. I will make up words, twist and turn them. I promise you, I was super bad when it came to my mouth. Because I will say things out of my mouth, people will go, woo, woo. I just feel like I just want to take your whole mouth and, and snatch it off your face. Because when you're hurt, you do that. But again, mm-hmm. I, would just, I would just advise, I would just say to you, please stay on your face. 
state before God. Stand before him and let him know how important it is. And try this. Yeah. Like my sister Ella Clett say, we can't tell you how long it's going to last because I will tell you something. We spoke on this last week, and this is a true story. How long you're in it is how long you want to be in it. And people go, that's mm. not true. They hurt me. You know what I'm saying? They hurt me. My sister, mm-hmm. my sister will tell you in a minute, they have offended me. They've offended me. They've offended me. They've offended me. They've offended me. You know what I told her one day? I hear you say the word offend more than I hear you say the word love. She said, what? I said, I hear you say the word offend more than I hear you say the word love. People are going to say things. Stop being one of those kind of magnets that you got to take it. I work in an industry mm. now with people, I, and, 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 and let me tell you something. Oh, they say sharp, sharp things out their mouth to me. Oh, I've heard things, I promise you, to blow your mind. I've had them come in there and curse me out to my face. But you know what the true response, what I really love about the Lord? Because now I can smile at them, shake it off. You know what I told the Lord? Take this from me. I don't want this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hate them people. I don't want to sow seeds to discord. Because when I first Mm -hmm. got saved and I started learning the power of the Holy Spirit, I was like, I will cast you down, burn you into the pits of hell. Oh, I was all mad. I was doing stuff like that. The Lord had to check me and yank my chain. Who gives you the right to curse something that I bless? And who gives you the right to bless what I choose to curse? You're just a mere man like anybody else. Stop using my name to curse people. Because I did. I was going, the name of Jesus, I cast you, I flip down, break it, shake it up on top, building falling. <laughs> I did. You know what I'm saying? I remember that stuff I said out mm-hmm. of my mouth. But let me ask everybody some a question David out there prayers. in the audience. Yeah, because I'm going to say this. Just like you feel that way. Somebody else feels that way, and somebody else feels that way. We are Christians, and we are to sow seeds of love, not discord. I got people right now, for whatever reason, don't even talk to me. But it doesn't mean if I don't talk to them back, it doesn't mean that I don't love them. I promise you I don't go to bed with that on my mind. I just keep praying for them and lifting them up. Because what I do realize Mm -hmm. is, and sometimes people, you got to realize something is, it's not always you. They got problems and issues. So yeah. you forgive them. And again, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let my sister Ella Claire take over. Forgiveness is for you, not mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And they have to seek it the same way. Forgiveness is for you. So you can allow your blessings to flow. Because as long as you hurt, yeah. as long as you are hateful, as long as you holding, holding, hold on to things, don't want to let people go from 15 years ago, you're still mad at that person because they took something from you. Hmm. I had a situation where my father passed, and it was had a situation to do with a materialistic value of a necklace. And i never forget, my sister held that necklace, but I was mad at my sister because my daddy passed, and my sister should have gave me that necklace. I... I didn't even realize that I had held up animosity in my heart because of that. So I called my sister Ella Quillette one day, and I said, I need to talk to you about something. She said, let it at me. I said, I'm hurt. Let me tell you the situation, how it is. And this is what you said to me, sis. Let it go. You can't change that. Let it go. Mm -hmm. Because as Mm -hmm. long as you hold on to that, that's the more you hinder in your blessings in your life. Yeah. And I, I had that. to let it go. 
You told me that. Mm-hmm. And you guys just don't know. And I cried to her. I said, but even though she didn't get she said, even though she did. I, she, I said, but since she held back that she said, I understand that. I know it hurts. I can understand that. But you, you Tanya, you got to let that go. Because that's a mm-hmm. luxury, that a, a, a sinful luxury you cannot afford in your spirit. And I'm so mm-hmm. grateful that I let it go. So I want to say today to whoever's listening, please start letting this stuff go. You don't know when yeah. God is going to call you home. Yeah. And that's something mm. that you don't want to be on your deathbed to experience. See, I believe that's that cancer. Right. That's right. I believe that certain cancers, I believe that certain tumors, I believe that certain sicknesses, I believe in my heart that they're caused because people won't let go of their anger. People are hurt mm-hmm. so bad. I believe that's where stomach cancers mm-hmm. and stuff come from. People hoarding animosity, hurt, hate, pain, whatever. I believe that, you guys. I believe that a lot of yep. things are caused in our bodies because we choose not to forgive or live. Mm-hmm. So that's all my that's, that's my real. on that sense. No, that's so real. That's so real. And you had so many very important points, um, especially in the letting it go part. Um, a, a lot of times the, God wants to heal us. He wants to get us beyond where we are in that fractured state. But because we won't let things go, we hold on to it. And you know what, sis, this is what's really real. And I'm learning this more and more every day of my life. Next month I'll be 61 years old, and I promise you, I have learned in my years on this earth that half the stuff that we are so worried about and we are so upset about is not at all important. It really isn't, especially when it comes to material things. It's like, please hear me. When you close your eyes for the last time on this side of heaven, you're not taking any of that stuff with you. Not one piece of it. So why are you so angry and so upset because so-and-so didn't give you whatever or didn't or took from you whatever? Why? Let it go. Really, let it go. And, and I understand it really meant something to you. It was very precious and very serious. And, and I mean with you, you know, and the necklace, and I understand it, it, was, it was a principle and something that should have been left to you from your father or was left to you from your father, and you had every right to have it because that was, you know, what should have happened. But the fact that it didn't, it's like it's not worth your soul salvation. It's not worth you having a heart attack and dying behind because you've held on to all of this animosity and bitterness. I, I, I started trying to train my son in this respect when he was a little boy, and I find myself still now talking to this young man. He'll be 25 years old this coming week on the 25th. I find myself still talking to him about his father and letting things go. When he was a little boy, I'll never forget him sitting at the window waiting for his father to come get his father to call live, talking about he's coming to get him. And he's sitting at the window. He's a little boy, seven, eight years old, and he's believing that his dad is going to come pick him up. And, And his father didn't. And I saw the devastation and the the destruction that it was causing him from within because of that hurt and pain. And this is what I told him back then. 
as a child, I said, baby, let me tell you something. I understand you love your father, and he should not have promised to do something that he did not do. But let me explain something to you. He is going on with life. One of the reasons he didn't come pick you up is because he is going on with life. Do not allow his actions to stop you from living your life. Don't do that. Don't let this stuff sit in you and fester in you. Let it go. I wish he was a better person. I wish I'd have chose better for your father. But nonetheless, that, that, that is the seed that God said was going to bring you into existence, and that's just what he did. That's about all he did, but that's exactly what he did. Okay? Let it go. To this day, as I said, he'll be 45 years old this coming up week, and he is still battling things in his heart that his father yet still will do to him. And he becomes that little boy all over again, so hurt and so devastated because of his father's actions. I just had a serious conversation with him a couple of months ago because his uncle passed, and he's not speaking to his father right now. And I'm just like, you know what? That could be your father instead of your uncle. Don't let him close his eyes with you feeling that hurt and that pain and that anger and that hatred within your heart toward him. Don't do that. Because once that happens, it's too late to make amends. Let it go. We all know who he is, what kind of individual he is, and that is not being held to your charge. That's on him. Let it go. Because it's not worth you allowing it to eat you up inside. Let it go. So uh, just as you gave that illustration, Tanya, and, and as I'm using my son as an example, I'm telling you people, you need to heal from the hurt. And some of it is like Koi with a deep hurt from childhood so that every single time something else is done, it's like it pulls the scab off that pain all over again, and it causes that hurt to be even deeper. you got to let it go. I'm a, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I can love you from a distance, okay? And if God asks me to do something for you or get in touch with you, I can do that because I'm under orders from him. But other than that, I don't have to let you continually put me through changes or hurt my heart. I don't have to put myself in that position yet and still. I also don't have to hold to your charge or mine the pain that you've caused me in the past. Don't have to do it because I serve an almighty, all-powerful God who knows He knows, and he knows that I can go to him and I can release all of this and ask for that healing to come forth, and that healing will come forth. As I told you guys at the top of the show, I've dealt with bitterness before. I've walked in that ugly being, and that is not a place that I ever, ever want to attend to again, ever. So, therefore, I'm not going to allow what you're doing to me cause that because unless you're God, and this is real to me. This is this is Quillette now. This is real to me. Unless you're God, whatever you are trying to do is inconsequential. Don't mean jack. Don't mean a thing. And that's how I view it and how I see it. Seriously. Because it is, I live my life by faith and faith in the Son of God, my elder brother, and in my Father God. So, therefore, it is those two in the Holy Spirit that lives within me, those three entities that dictate my life, not you, not your actions, not your desires, not your hopes, your wish, your aspiration, none of that, that you may want to see me fall means 
anything. I'll tell you in a heartbeat, it's not me that you got to worry about, but my elder brother and my daddy, that's a whole different ballgame. You need to watch yourself, okay, before you wreck yourself, for real. I take his word to heart. Touch not my anointing, do my prophets no harm. And because I believe that to the depth that I do, then that stops me from doing harm to you because I don't know your relationship with him. You may be a work in progress just like I am. So if I go after you just because you've come after me, now that's going to be held to my charge. I don't want that. And the same way he's got to forgive me every day of my life because I done thought something wrong, I done did something then I'm sure he's got to do the same for you. So I'm going to let you deal with your issues, and I'm going to deal with mine, with my father, and I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving. I don't have time. Haters will hate, and they will always be there. But it is what it is. I don't have to buy into the venom that you're trying to spew. Don't have to do it. Don't have to allow you to bite me. Don't have to do it. Not going to. Not going to. My God is too good. He is too good. Amen. So in closing, we're, we're almost at the end of the show. In closing, I just want to encourage you all, you know, to allow the healing process not only to begin, but to continue to completion. Don't stop it in midstream. See, if you allow in midstream the enemy to come up and wreak havoc again in your life and because it's happened again, now you want to retreat back from all the progress that you've made, that does not work. Don't do it. Don't do it because the enemy will try you. He will try you. You don't have to buy into it. You don't have to accept it. You do not have to allow that healing process to continue. Because there's great reward on the other side, not just for you, but for all of those that are around you that God has chosen for your life to be in effect with. Well, my sister, we got 55 seconds left. Say your goodbyes. (laughs) I just want to tell everybody I love you guys. And please, again, hear what we're saying out of our mouths. We're taking the things that it took us a long time to try to figure out to make it so much shorter for you guys out there to listen Mm. And I just pray and hope that yes. every day that you guys allow Christ to come into your hearts, to edify you, to glorify mm. you, to be able to lift you up in his time, in his season, yes. and for his purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well said. Well, you guys have an awesome week. We love you with the love of Christ, and we will be back with you. Same God channel, same God time next week. God willing. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you. Let's keep it real